This episode of We Want to Talk About It Now is brought to you by Squarespace.com. And guess what? Squarespace.com is now an official full-time advertiser for We Want to Talk About It Now. You're looking to make a cool website? You're looking to get people to know more about your brand? Squarespace has never made it more easy for users to create the best website to show off all the cool stuff they're doing. Check them out at squarespace.com. Because we don't care. We want to talk about it now. Family, it's what we want to talk about. So pretty cool. Um, I have my brother Monty on. So for those of you who don't know, everyone who's listened probably knows that there are nine people in my family. So it's a huge family. Monty is my eldest sibling. I've had other siblings on as well, but we usually talk about other things. But I think I want to redo some podcasts with, well, not redo, just do podcasts with like every sibling because this is, once again, great for posterity. Um, and then... It can be entertaining. I learned so much out of these, like just having like mom and dad in the past on things was like, oh, that's stuff I didn't know. The Vietnam one, I think I knew everything already that dad talked about for the most part. But then like when they talk about like raising kids and stuff like that, um, and then even they feel like they had two, three, three different families, really. Anyway, so Monty's on. He just turned 50, which means I just turned 30. Or I guess I should say I just turned 30. So he just, that means he just turned 50. Um, He's 20 and a half years older than me. Um, Yeah. uh, So those are like the the basics. And where this really, this is a surprise for Monty. Um, Even though it's just like, oh, great. Uh, What this really came from is we had a talk back in August or September. I don't remember what month it was, uh, where we just like, we're talking and I feel like what our family does quite a bit. And I think it's changed because of different belief systems, whatever you want to say. Like there's been a shift. Like all we really talk about is kind of like boring stuff. If that makes sense. Like, no, that sounds mean, but like, we'll talk about like, Hey, let's talk about the office, which is fun. I like talking about the office, but you can only talk about like the office, the Dodgers. Cause I've even started to run into this with other people. The family too. Like there's only so much, so much that you can talk about in those like given subjects and then i talked with my brother sean for like 30 minutes in hawaii and i was like man i don't know sean at all like i and i grew up with him so i know monty probably better than sean which is kind of an interesting thing but still huge divide um and i I was thinking about this and the reason that I liked hanging out with Monty so much when I was a kid is um, you would play volleyball. It wasn't at the sports center. It was at whatever that sports club. Was. Right. It wasn't the sports club. It wasn't the sports in, club, though. Yeah, and off by off of, Yeah, and that place felt like it was an eternity away when I was a kid. Felt like it took forever to get there. Um, but I, I used to just – I thought it was so cool. One, I got to play on the super short hoops they had there so I could score, and I was probably like six or seven. I wouldn't have been that old. Right. When did you come back from Logan? Um, probably, I think we went there, we probably came back around 2000, 99 or 2000. No, 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 no. no it would have no, been no, before no, Haley. No, 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 that earlier than that. So 96, 97, probably not 94, 95, somewhere around there. Yeah. So I would have been six or seven years old. I was like, cool. I have a brother who plays sports and like, he actually kind of starts at this point <laughs> to be fair. I didn't understand how like club sports worked. So like, you're only going to be playing with people who want you to play like 
there's no coach that's like, oh, we're going to be benching people. So I was like, oh, it's cool that he's not benched, that he's actually playing. So I, like, I can watch him play. But more than anything, I was like, this place is just a playground. And then Monty would take me, um, would take me home after, after that. And then, as Annie said, it's what kept you from having kids. Uh, me coming <laughs> over and visiting kept you guys from having kids. For his... So th- just kind of the, giving a preamble to the relationship that Monty and I have, I would go over to his house fairly regularly when I was a kid. And then as I got older, I'm sure I just got more and more annoying as kids generally do. As, as people can formulate opinions, they become more annoying. But what was interesting is you had a totally – I well, one thing. The powdered milk thing, I talked with mom and dad about it. Right. It sounds more like that was just kind of a fad. So I've always used that as a signaler for that's like, oh, we were poor. Right. Poor people get powdered milk. Powdered milk. Um, but they that's, said that it was just like a fad thing. Right. So right. I always felt growing up like we were lower middle class. Like definitely we weren't lower class. I always right. felt like we, like I had a great life, especially being the youngest. By the time I was in high school, Becky was at home. And then like people who were divorced were come back. But when those were the best people to have like be living with because they need a sense of community. So they go out of their way to like invite you, invite you and like to do stuff to be a part of like everything they're doing. So like that was never a problem. Uh, But what was it like growing up in the seventies and eighties? So you didn't live at the Eldorado County house or no. I did. So, so I was born in Southern California and when we were, 1969 so 1969 so probably i probably would have been four three or four uh because april was born down there as well and so that's when we moved up to plasterville we lived with um, my aunt and uncle for probably about a year while the first house was being built the one that the like gestalt gestalis live in and then shortly thereafter is when we moved into the big house up in well i guess they're both up blanchard um so the Linwood house was interesting because... And you remember it? Yes, I do. Um, and I don't know if it's... I mean, obviously we have pictures and video that I'm sure brings back memories, but there are some things that I specifically remember. Uh, we had at the time, we had a cabin in Big Bear. And so, which I wish we would have hung on to, but, you know, hindsight's twenty dollars <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because a big bear, you know, Captain Big Bear now is worth a lot of money, millions but of millions yeah, millions of dollars. dollars. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, we had a big cage in the middle of the, um, the, pro- the property. So here we're in the concrete jungle. We have the main house that we live in. And then behind that was a grandmother's quarters. And so, uh, great grandma bell lived there when, when I, you know, when I was there. And then in between those two houses was this big cage that had birds and different animals. And what would dad would do is we go up to Big Bear and maybe a raccoon got hit or something. We'd bring those animals back to the house and they would nurse them back to health. And then we'd go back to Big Bear and release them back in the wild. So we, we had raccoons. Um, I think there was a the the story, and I don't remember this this specifically, but I know that they existed. Is some for some reason we decided to be a great idea to have a skunk in our in our house. Yes, not in in the house, obviously outside. But um, Dad somehow don't know how I found this guy, but he was a uh, 
tour guide on the Jungle Book at Disneyland and somehow knew how to debag skunks as well. So uh, he uh, paid him to debag skunks, and we had a skunk and like two babies that were in that cage for a period of time. So just kind of odd, you know, things That's that you, really wouldn't, weird. you wouldn't, yeah, that you wouldn't think about. And especially when I tell people, you know, here living in Los Angeles or LA County, and we had, you know, basically all all these animals that weren't all there at the same time. But like I said, they'd be nursed back to health. And then were mom and dad hippies. Like that's such a weird, no. it's cool. Like, don't get me wrong, but that well, just we had doesn't... the, we had the VW bus, the, you know, the VW car, uh, dad obviously never had long hair, but, um, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question that that's I'm sure they're, yeah, I don't. It's a I mean, really weird. It's really it's weird. Cool thing I mean, about I don't know. None because, of us are outdoorsy people, right? I mean, Dad, I guess you could say is he likes being out among nature, right. but like my entire life, it was never like, hey, I'm. Ra- well, I guess we raise chickens, dogs. Well, Dad whatever. really like. Dad really loves animals. Obviously, he loves his dogs. He love. I mean, we've always had, you know, chickens, Cats, chickens. And, and things like that. So, also in this house, we had a boxer and a Saint Bernard. So, bigger dogs. Obviously, Saint Bernard, really big dog. Um, and so there's just memories like that, that I, you know, that I have, I have memories of, you know, birthday parties and things like that. But like I said, obviously some of that's probably because of pictures that I, that we have, that I relate to that period of time. And then we used to have, um, the eight millimeter camera that dad had. And so there were a lot of record, which I'd love to find. I'm sure they're somewhere and digitize them because there's a lot of video that I think would be really interesting to, you know, now to, even though there's no sound, but at least go back and take a look at and see. So anyways, we go from Southern California to Placerville while they're building the house. And uh, then they basically build the three houses there. So they had the one in the center and the ones on, on each side that they had built. And then during that time, they're building the bigger house on the property where, oh, gotcha. where everybody's at now. So I did. So for most of my life, I was in the big house. I mean, I can't even remember how many years we were in that, the the smaller house. Maybe, I don't know. Mom, obviously, mom and dad would know. But it but, probably felt to a kid like. Yeah, it felt not that long at all. Yes. I mean, like I said, I remember most of my. I mean, in fact, I think it was. I mean, if you look on the cement, at least I think it's still there. There were handprints on the sidewalk that was poured up there. And so I think that was. And Matt was born, so it was sometime after 76. So probably about 77 or 78. So I would have been nine years old when we moved, you know, eight or nine years old when we moved into that house. And which one did you like better? I mean, and not of like the Gestaldi house, but the Linwood and from what you can remember and then the... Well, probably the one, obviously the one that we grew up in. Coming of age. Six, six acres. And now um, we have 40 years, 50 years plus right. history with it. Yeah, exactly. I had my own, I mean, and you have to understand then too, I mean, so there were only three kids. So there's myself, April and Matt. So April obviously being two years younger than Matt, seven years younger than me. So at that time, that's all that. So we had a five, five year gap even between April and Matt. So for the first seven years of my life is for our lives, it was just April and myself. So we had our own bedrooms and we didn't even use like the den and where the loft is. Um, that was still, that wasn't even, that wasn't finished yet. So we just had the two bedrooms that were by mom and dad's room. And obviously the basement was completely unfinished. I should have done this one with Ryan too. I'm just realizing. Cause with Ryan, it's like the perfect 10, 10, like, so 69, 79, 89 right. are our years of birth. Um, our last four of our social, um, just to like get the perspective of that middle time, mm-hmm. because like kind of what you're describing 
to me, it was just like, oh, well, I also, like, up until basically nine, maybe it was like the flip for you potentially, but like up until 10, 11, always sharing a room. And then after that, since everyone's starting to move out as the youngest, it's like, so I never, awesome. I shouldn't say never, but I don't ever remember sharing a room because at some point the loft got done. And so I moved to the loft. And so that Since was that's just so small. You can't and have it was two away from everybody. So it seemed like, you know, it's on the other side of the house. And then when I came back from my mission for that short period of time, I was down in the basement. So I've never, you know, never shared a room that I can remember. Maybe, you know, mom could probably correct, correct me on that. Maybe I did for a short period of time with Matt. Um, before that si- that portion of the house was completely finished. But even they had finished the loft and the den wasn't completely done. I mean, obviously the slab was poor, and the but it was still cement, you know, down there. Dude, where the F was everybody living then? Because even so, like, so you don't leave on your mission until 88? Correct, yeah. Until 88. So everyone so except had, me is born at that point. Yeah, so, so they have you had kids. Becky, so you have Becky and, Becky and April are in a bedroom. And then you have basically April must a triple, love that. <laughs> you had a triple bed with another bed. Oh, the it, bunk bed yeah, with like the under triple, bed. Yeah, with, yeah. The, with the under bed. So there may have been Which probably yeah, doesn't make sense to anybody. Like it was that was weird, right? It was like a bunk bed that yes. also had like a side bed. So right. that's what you refer to like as a the three well, bed, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what that's so three people could be in there, two people, so you got well, five. Well, I think they were checking there four. I think there were four in there. Oh, so four, five, six. Then there may have been. So at some point, who's Matt, getting screwed in this, Matt? Was so Matt the point, person getting screwed? So at some the point, house? Matt may have lived in the loft with me for for a while, but probably at, by that point, I was, you know, heavily involved in sports and you know social life, and so I was basically there to sleep. You know, yeah. when my, you know, you know, I was is in high school. Um, so I would, and I was super active and just a lot, you know, socially and from a sports standpoint. So like I said, Matt may have been there, but I was getting up at five in the morning for seminary, leaving, going to school, practice, come home, maybe do homework, then going to bed. So like I said, he may have been up there for a, a period of time. Um, but like I said, for the most part, so the, so the most I ever had sharing room was with one person, yeah. if that was the case. Yeah. I'm, my max was one. It was with Becky for most of my life. And then, you know, because puberty, you can't, you can no longer share the same room with your sister for whatever yeah. reason that is. Um, then Becky got her own room, <laughs> but I think at that point too, everyone had started kind of to leave. So I think it was just like Aaron, me and Becky anyway. Right. So it was, it was fine. But was it was did you feel like though there were because that still just baffles me. So there are eight kids, but you were busy doing stuff. Did you ever feel like limited in resources? Because doing a lot of sports, it's not inexpensive to do that. No, and I don't know. I mean, obviously now the way that since I have all my daughters have played sports in high school, obviously you're paying so much per. And I don't know how it worked back then. You know, if, it, if there was an amount of money that you had to pay to play sports. Uh, in high school, the sports I actually played. I played baseball and I played football. Uh, I played football my freshman and junior years, and then I played baseball my my maybe my sophomore year, and that's when I really started getting into playing club volleyball. You know, playing volleyball, and so and that and even back then, anyway. So I was I was doing all that. Um, so as far as how much money that cost, I have no idea. Um, I had various job, you know, jobs here and there during high school. Not really. I mean, I worked for dad when he had 
the door shop on Missouri Flat. Um, worked at Rico's Pizza, I think, for three months. Uh, but I didn't work didn't work a ton. Um, and then like, I can't so, imagine it was that expensive because sports for no. me was like each sport was ninety dollars. Right. So so at the time, I mean, if you're playing so three sports. Year, that is two hundred seventy dollars right, a so year. My, but... Yeah. So my junior year, April was playing volleyball. I was playing playing football, and those sports were happening at the same time. Obviously, football is only games are only on Friday or yeah Friday nights, uh, and I'm sure April's team was probably playing Tuesdays and Thursdays. Who knows? So, so I know there's sometimes where mom and dad were separating to go to different. You know, obviously, no one. I could drive by then. Obviously, April couldn't, and I'm sure we had different practice schedules. So, and if you think about it, we're going to Ponderosa. So, from the house to Ponderosa, that time's like 15 minutes one way, you know, just to get there. Um, taking taking motherload. Yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. Huh. Maybe it's short, but yeah. Oh, okay. It I don't need. Like I don't mean. Yeah. To nip, <laughs> I, I don't mean intentionally to nitpick. I'm like, I always thought it because it, going back to like that sports club, right. I thought as a child like it, it was, was an eternity. Oh, right. So now I'm just like, no, it's super short. It doesn't take that long. Yeah. So that could be playing into. And yeah. It's not even important. Yeah. But anyways, get back. Yeah. So <clears throat> I never felt as you know from a source you know, like going back to resources that that was anything an issue, but also wasn't in the budgeting meetings. So. Was dad? Yeah. Was dad always home? Like, because that was one thing that was kind of nice for me. No matter what, yeah. there was always a parent home. Uh, yeah, so... It's just some that might be well, bad, for I, I think the, was good. Yeah, so probably for the portion of the time. I mean, obviously, when I was younger is when he had his construction business. And so he was out on job sites. Sometimes he'd take me out on job sites with him. Um, I mean, obviously, dad has always worked for himself. So ever, I mean, even as I was born, he was always working for himself. He never worked for for anyone else. Uh, he, Him and his brothers had a you know, started their construction company when they were in Linwood, uh, basically doing remodels. They remodeled, you know, Grandma Ballard's house and obviously did a bunch. And then the opportunity, sure, at some point came to move to Placerville and that's when they were building a bunch of homes and Deer Park and Pollock Pines and things like that. And I can't remember, so it must have been around 83. And he actually had the door shop before then because I remember... So we had the door shop, selling trampolines, uh, then obviously got into the herbal life. But um, he was always, I don't know what kind of schedule he had, but it seemed like he was always home by three, you know, when we get home from school yeah. or, you know, anything like that. And then at, at one point, then he had his, well, he had his office, which is right next to the house. So um, he had that he had that for most of the times so i think even when they were doing construction he would draft a lot of the plans in, in his drafting room so that was you know obviously right next to the house so yeah he was home or at least I mean, not home home but it was right property. next to the house like yeah. the drafting was yeah. the office yeah oh, okay yeah his drafting table was in the way back where all the product i mean gotcha more the room where the like giant copier yeah area yeah. okay yeah and then mom too i was mom yeah. worked for a lot of my time yeah, none After of my 12, time. which makes sense right. as the last, I would right. also like, oh, great. Just staying at home forever. That's got to get right. fairly tough after a while. Right. But no, because at that time, yeah, she was not, I mean, obviously now we have, we're talking about having more and more kids. Yeah. So there are more, there more kids nine in the house. At that and, point. Yes. Yeah. Man, that would just, was she crazy at all? Uh, I just, no, I don't, I don't know how you couldn't be. I, mean, I there, I, there were like I occasions they, well, they where have, like mom would like have her little freakouts, but like comparatively like maybe that would happen once a year right. so it's really not that crazy i think it was very i mean i think from a structure standpoint it was very disciplined like on saturdays 
you don't do anything unless your chores are done. And so we had chore charts and we'd rotate those and everybody had their responsibility. We'd rotate me. I mean, at some point, I don't know, remember what the age was. I don't know if it's 12, but at some point you also had responsibility for helping to make, to make dinner. And so those would all rotate. So you'd have your, you know, the chore charts like on Saturday, then you'd have, you know, who's, you know, laundry, who's doing Monday through yeah, Thursday, Monday through food, Thursday yep. food, you know, dinner, um, laundry. We may have all done our own, laundry can't remember when that started but so i felt from it from that standpoint extremely prepared to go out on my to be able to do just those basic life necessities you know because i you know when you know you're, you're on your mission and you're starting to live with different people and they're like have no idea how to cook don't know how to do their own laundry don't, i mean all those things we were doing at least i felt like i was doing by the time i was 12 so yeah. probably maybe a little earlier but so as far as from life skills in that in that sense um, I felt very prepared, you know, to enter life or life after, you know, living at home. So I think they had it very structured, at least from what I can remember. Um, so I think that's what helps keep sanity because if you're, if it's not structured, if you have the structure <laughs> and you have a big house that needs to be cleaned and, and people don't and people, have any res- any right. idea of and what it's responsibility, all on you, is, you know, yeah. if you're, you're doing all the cleaning and doing all the, making all the meals and doing, you know doing everything else then yeah i could see how that would get completely overwhelming not that it wasn't i'm sure overwhelming from time to time having that many kids in the house so who was the main disciplinarian and then on top of that and actually probably a better first question would be did you feel like there was ever disciplined like that you were ever disciplined um yeah there's definitely definitely disciplined so i felt mom was the primary disciplinarian unless someone it got mom. too far. Yeah. yeah. Then dad would come in. Um, was the that only, scary? Um, I, the only one that I distinctly remember is, and I can't remember when this was, but I just remember all us being at the dinner table and something must have happened because then dad came in and basically said, everybody, need, you know, basically. To your rooms. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I probably know, didn't I yell. the word tracks. Yeah. <laughs> But it was it was very uh, you know everyone knew we, everyone that. knew that uh, you know it, do not disrespect mom and if mom asks to do something that we better you know better get that done. The only time I remember really being disciplined by dad is when I got my first ticket when I was like seventeen, and which was kind of funny because he ended up getting one a couple weeks after I did because we both had to go to traffic school one within a week of each other. <laughs> um, but even then, it wasn't a. You know, it, it was more, you know, I was coming down from Camino and I can't remember how fast, maybe I was going 80, which now doesn't seem very fast. Back then, speeding was 55 because I was make, trying to make curfew. So, because that's another thing was, that was very, at least for me growing up, is curfew was, you the know, law. the law. You know, you could not, there wasn't calling up, say, hey, I'll be home 15 minutes late. I mean, it was curfew was midnight and you better be home at midnight. Huh. And so that was... And mom was always up. Yeah. <laughs> I never. Yeah. Mine, that, that curfew, like we always talked about curfew. I feel like curfew was the biggest thing that I would get disciplined for, but they're definitely way more relaxed and they started to fall asleep. They were right. able to finally sleep. Right. <laughs> which was great. Yeah, that was good. That's probably, have, that's probably good. But I also wonder what, if any, it, what negative effects that has had for my life, what positive effects have come from that. And then like vice versa, like how would my life be different had I been... Every time I got, because I got home late all the time. Yeah. So 
I'm surprised. And there was only like literally the one time and it was because it was a school day. I got home late and that was like the first time. All right, you're grounded for a week. And that's another thing. What was like, how did dad discipline you for that? Like, just I don't, don't do it. Don't let I'm it sure, happen I mean, again. I'm sure I got discipline or couldn't drive for a while. I'm sure after I got my ticket, I don't remember. But I'm sure they did have my drive because I could drive. Yeah, I yes. <laughs> so who wants to drive to early morning seminary? It's, you know, when you have to be there at six in the morning or back and forth to school, yes. especially now when they have kids at, you know, Charles Brown and Herbert Green. And, you know, so I'm sure I couldn't just drive for pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. School and back, but I don't even know how long that was. And what, ironically, my friends that I grew up at the time, they were all younger kids, so they didn't really have... They, had a curfew, uh, but not really, yeah. you know, so they were never getting in trouble. So if I, if I came home late, I wasn't going to the dance the next week, but they, you know, yeah. but they were, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, that would basically be the, that would be the punishment because every weekend we were going down to Sacramento area to go to, you know, church youth dances and that's a 35, 40 minute drive. So if it ends at 11, were they all at the Mormon center? No, they were at, East Stake, Wiseman, they were all over. Yeah. So, it, you know, and some of those were getting down to, you know, East Sacramento and Cordova, trying to get back up to our house by by 12. midnight when the dance gets over 11 is problematic. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times you have to just make so, out for yeah. 10 minutes afterwards. Yeah. yeah there's, and I had some friends that were great at, at 11. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. Like, thinking about it, I love, like, this, like, the stupidest it's so nice being married. All you single people out there, it is so nice being married. Because, like, thinking back, I'm like, just not to, like, go too far to this point, but, like, all right, we're just going to hang out in the In-N-Out parking lot just so we can see each other for 10 to 15 more minutes now. Right. It just seems so asinine to me. Right. Just like, just go home, go to sleep. Go well, home, gotta go remember, to sleep. Also, you got to remember back then. So, if you, let, let's say that we, you know, it costs money to make long distance phone calls. There were no cell phones. So if we were dating anybody that was in the Sacramento area, that's a long distance phone call. So, um, or if you're, you know, so anyways, it just presented its own set of, set of challenges, but. Yeah. But, and then also to that, the point of like discipline, like I just remember kids and then also maybe TV shows are just a bad representation, but like people getting punished for like months like, oh, you're grounded for a few months. Oh, you're grounded. But I, anytime I ever got grounded, it was like, all right, this week you can't, weekend you can't do something. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Yeah, I, that's. I, I needed would, to take a break anyways. I was only, I, like I said, the only really grounding I remember is just I could, that next Saturday, I couldn't go to that dance. And that was basically it. There was no other, no other grounding that I was, you know, and it got to understand that time there wasn't a lot of TV to watch. So that time you there's had no cable i mean there's yeah i mean you want to be my friends like but at our house didn't have any cable and that's we had, a different we had, and we to. lived in placerville so trying to even get you know 3 10 and 13 was a challenge yeah we had a big antenna but still yeah i had cable right. most of my life <laughs> <laughs> it's like really fun because what i'm trying to do now like uh, with this as well as like as the older or as the younger generation comes up just having like more empathy for them and what I mean by that is like they have so much more than I had, but like being happy for them as opposed to just being the old man, like right. 
I remember back in my day, gas yeah. was 99 cents a gallon because there's always going to be the, the next story of the person who's like, well, it was five cents a gallon for me. Like, why are we trying to like yeah, that's all compete against each other? Like things are getting ultimately better. Like yeah. it's fine. I, I shouldn't, I don't need to be jealous. Right. Just because like there are some times where people are like, well, you, I don't think people are actually mad about it. They're just ribbing, whatever. But like, well, it's, we grew up with no chores, cable, your own room, like all right. of these things. Like, well, like in fairness, own room, people moved out. Uh, I still had chores. We right. didn't have the chore chart, but it was just me at that right. point. So right. I actually was doing more chores right. because I had to help clean more rooms because fewer right. people were there. Um, but like, it's also at the same time, fine. I don't, I don't really care. Mom and dad were like gone all the time. But I am thankful for that because I have just seen some people. And I don't think it's like, I wonder if it's DNA. But just having that structure of being told, all right, this is what you have to do if you want to do these things. Like all of us, like one of my favorite of stories from Hawaii was the April kayaking story right. that she told, um, where the guide said all of us were going to, like she's like, someone's going to have to have gone back. And then April's like, I guarantee every single person is going to be there. Then all the Skinners were there. Like, right. for I don't know where that came from, but we are just natural rule followers. And then my joke to that is, Unless it's the law of chastity. But for the most part, <laughs> when it comes down to it, like we follow rules that are intended for safety purposes, I guess. Right. Um, I don't even know how to say it. Like we right. follow them. And I don't know why that is. Because we're all we're all from different generations, sure. but right. like we all have that built into us. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, if it's a DNA thing from I mean, obviously, you know, dad, very structured, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if that was from also rate being raised, but also being in the military. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the yeah. I honestly have no idea where it comes from. Like, <laughs> because I, we had I was other, hoping I mean, you would have it. Yeah, being because, the oldest one. <laughs> well, I think that I think there was a. I mean, I definitely felt a lot of response. I mean, a lot of responsibility for being the oldest. I mean, obviously that. I mean, all oldest children get that because as parents are going through. What the heck do we, you know, now we've just, we have this life that we're in charge of for the next 18 years. So, I mean, we'll do the best we can and hopefully they turn out and become, you know, good, good people. And so I think that that first child and, and mom and dad coming from a little bit different, you know, backgrounds, um, I mean, not totally different, but, you know, obviously mom's parents had, you know, had split up and eventually it you know, had divorced and, you know, grandma, grandpa Skinner, you know, had not. And so they're probably coming from a couple of different family structures that way. And so I'm sure once they, you know, became married then they had, here's what we want to do with our, you know, with our children. So I definitely felt a sense of responsibility of being the oldest. And I think a lot was expected, you know, of, you know, of, of being the oldest. And I think some, you know, some siblings have, you know, since or you know, made, you know, comments to that respect, but that's just the way it was, you know, and, and there was comments to the fact that like, they understand you had more responsibility or more privilege or more like what in particular? Um, I think some, or both. I, I mean, I think ever... sometimes, uh, I think maybe both, I mean, probably both because mm -hmm. at that time we also had a lot, I mean, and I think everybody had this, or I mean, obviously shared in these responsibilities too, but you know, we had inside work, but we had a lot of outside work too. Yeah. So it wasn't, chopping I mean, wood. yeah. So chopping wood, um, when I was growing up and I, I'm not sure the time frame of this, but we had blocking as cattle, we had pigs, we had sheep, we had 
chickens, which we've all, you know, which we've always had. Uh, and so, you know, we had, at that time mowing the lawn and the back lawns, we had front, you know, front and back, you know, lawns that had to be, so there were just a lot of other things that probably kept, you know, kept us busy too. And so there was, there was a lot of idle time that was, you know, that was going on because there was a lot of things, even with on a set Saturday, you could like, all right, I'm done with my house chores. Okay. Now we're going to go cut wood. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so there's another two, you know, yeah. two to three, you know, two to three hours when, some of my other, you know, friends were, had nothing, you know, that they were, and they are, they're all great people. Um, but just, it was, they were just in a different situation than, than we were at. Yeah. Ours was all, or for me, it was always Friday. We did chores and then Saturday morning, like nine, maybe like nine to 11, right. we would chop wood. And then after that, it was all pretty free. I'm sure we probably uh, started doing that. Uh, we, That's just April like and I babysat a lot on Fridays right. for mom and dad. Yeah. Um, probably mean it a very young age i'm not sure when it you know when that portion when that started how old we were um but we'd babysat you know obviously a lot because friday nights were when mom and dad had their date night uh and so if we probably did that too or we'd try and get a bunch of stuff done so that if we did have some plans on saturday we could go out and do those and have fun yeah so so ultimately at least let's just say zero to your mission mm -hmm. do you feel like there was any and this, I don't want this to come across as an unfair question because I are, I have, I'll answer it first, actually. Do you feel like you have any emotional scars or wounds from that time growing up within the family? Because for me, like just looking at our family overall, anything that has been done has been self-inflicted somehow. Like uh, I did something that caused something to happen. Yes, it probably wasn't the best that that person reacted the way that they did, but had I not been the catalyst at the start, things right. would have been fine. But even then, I feel like my life has been so easy. But I don't know if that's the same. Like I know that there are siblings that feel like they had like difficult lives right. from fa a familial sure. standpoint, and I just don't understand it. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel that I did. I mean, I'm coming the same boat with you. I don't. I don't. I don't. I never felt like emotionally scarred because of my childhood, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I didn't feel like there was any undue. I mean, even even as being the oldest and, and sometimes I may have felt some undue pressure just to try and be the best person that I can. And by no means am I perfect and, you know, made mistakes, you know, along the way, but I also didn't get in a lot of trouble. And so I think if I, if I would have been, you know, not, you know, following the rules, you know, to, yeah. you know, back to your, back to that point, And there, you know, if I had a lot more restrictions placed upon me and there they probably kind of went one could have went a different way, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't, I don't feel any emotional scarring or that the parenting wasn't what I, you know, anyways, like I said, I, I, I can never say, you know, Hey, it's my parents fault for the way that I became, but I think that they did a good job, at least in my case, raising me and doing the best they could in a positive, in way. a positive yeah. way. That you know, I think it turned out you know a riot on a menace to society, and yeah, and uh, have done you know for you know fairly well, and you know, well, that's something fairly great about every single sibling, right. like whatever scars and like problems that right. we do have. I don't think anyone in our entire family has done anything that is like, which might be a low bar, but not really. There's a lot of terrible people out there, but one thing I can say, and I'll always say about my family, net positive overall on society as a whole. Yes, we have our problems and whatever, but for the most part, we're we're helpers. We're right. people who really like to just 
not go out and be super like showy offy about it. Just like we want to help right. do these things every. And well, I, I also don't know. I, I think that's dad. Maybe I have no idea well, where that came yeah. from. Well, I think we're also. Even though we all, I mean, we all live all over the country now. I mean, there's a there's a core of four of us, I guess five now, that live somewhat close to each other. But I, I think from a supporting standpoint, we all try and support each other, you know, as much as possible. Even even though we're at different place in life, our faith values have changed and things like that. But we're we'll still show up and try and support, you know, another person's you know activity or something like that that you know that may happen and. And I don't know if that happened a lot in, I know that happened a lot in mom's family. I mean, mom's family was always really good at that. You know, when anybody for weddings or gotcha. missions or things like that, they were, I mean, you think they're coming up from Long Beach or from Utah, I don't you know, understand. or, you know, but, <laughs> but was totally cool, you know, that they would, you know, make that effort, you know, cause I, you think about it later and like, man, they came all the way to listen to me speak for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then I barely talked you know, to them. I yeah. mean, they are like, right. it's like but a it, mini family reunion yeah, exactly. in fairness, but exactly. like my but, homecoming, I was just like. I have no idea why all the Belchers are here. <laughs> I was like, I but, don't think they even like me right, that much, but they're here. Right. But, but to that fact, I think that was, I mean, something from mom and, and dad has some siblings like that, you know, as well. Obviously aunt Eunice has, has always been really good at, you know, of, you know, supporting. And so I think from that standpoint, I mean, when grandma and grandpa were alive, you know, always good supporters and grandma Ballard as much as she could, even though she was, you know, lived in long beach. And I think we have as, our family have tried to espouse that as well and have tried to support each other. I mean, obviously like when you graduated, when Sean graduated, um, you know, Sean was in Oregon. I mean, when he graduated from, from college and I think all of the brothers, almost a lot of them, yeah, went. I think that picture yeah. I saw, I wasn't there cause yeah. that was my mission. Yeah, exactly. So, but I think everybody else, you know, was there obviously when you graduated, I think, just about everybody. Obviously, I mean, I think Sean was in North Carolina, so obviously that's a long jaunt. Very far. Yeah, me. very far to. I mean, uh, he is flying out to Maui. I don't fault him for a <laughs> wedding. Like he's going to Maui, much better than Utah. Right. I'm not like saying right. that as like right. an upset thing. He could have done it. I understand why he didn't do right. it. Right. Right. No judgment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think you know I've you know we so anyways for the most part we we try and support one another and I think that's. With with all the faults and with any inner things that go on within the family, I think that's a good thing to to show and to show our children, you know, as well that we just as much as we can, we try and support and be there for our family when we can. So, what would you say is your say is your number one priority now that like where you are, like now your midlife, middle well, of I life? Think it's, well, it has to be I'm one at, priority. My number one priority is my family. Good. Okay. So, and and that being said, when I say my my immediate family, so my obviously Annie and my three daughters. Yep. So, I mean, that's where I mean, and obviously we're getting to a different stage of life when we're down to one daughter being home, and and so now it's that transitional, you know, and that next. But to me, that is my. And always has been my number one priority is my family. Yeah. I have no idea what mine is. Like that probably sounds bad, but it's just, there's so many things like, cause ultimately I think it's the, for me, it's the preservation of myself because if I can't preserve myself and my own happiness, I'm not going to, and this is, I'm not like faulting. Like I get where your answer is coming from. I really do struggle with figuring out what like the most 
important thing in my life is. Um, but focusing on myself so that I can help others, like Katie in particular, my wife. Um, but like there's, but I also am just such a conditional person where I look at, like, so just like as an example, if I, in order for Katie to be 100% happy, I would have to be like 0% happy. Obviously, the first response would be, well, that's a bad relationship. You probably shouldn't be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. But but playing the what-if game, that just automatically proves the point that <laughs> she's not like... Obviously, my there's there's a level for my mental health that I have to be at in order to like care about others, um, which I think you do a fine job. Like, Do you ever feel like you ever had any... like? I feel like I have had emotional issues, mm-hmm. chemical like type imbalances like here and there. Do you ever feel like you ever had any of those? Because like, like, Skinner's like... You and Aaron, I think, might be the only two people that I would ever ask that. And Nick, that I would ask that question to. Because with everyone else, I just know. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm sure if I went back and, and did a deep dive, I'm sure there were times when, you know, you're just dealing with life and you're like, you know, is this going to get better? You know, and maybe, but I don't think, for, I mean, I think as a whole, I mean, I've never really gone down any deep holes you know as far as i mean i uh yeah i I don't think i've ever really gone into any deep you know holes of you know depression not that i haven't been depressed about things or and i'm not saying that's good i mean just from looking back on my life i don't see anything like that that you know where it was or something that was a continual you know where I was like depressed for a year or something like that, maybe, you know, a few days or, you know, something yeah. like that. And then it just, cause life happens, you know, we all have, you know, and, but I don't, I don't feel that I've yeah ever been in a super long funk with that. I couldn't, you know, get out of or felt that. No, oh, that's, so that's what's yeah. cool about having like as big of a family as right. we do. Just like how some, some stuff like there's, I don't know whether it's the nature nurture thing, but mm-hmm. there's just so much, uh, diversity, right? And all in all of us, in right. like a number of ways. But then there's also those core things where I'm just like, "Yep, that's like a Skinner. That's a Skinner trait, right? Skinner trait, right there." Like we don't get, we're very, we're, we don't get, uh, we're not easily excitable. Yes. So yes. So if you if you want to if you want to start going listing the faults <laughs> of uh, from a family standpoint. I don't know if that's a negative or a positive. Because my kids and wife, this is like at Christmas every year is or my birthday, and is that weird? all of it's us? Really, it's, all it's, of us, it's girls weird included. Because I'm excited. I mean, I just don't over, I don't over accentuate my emotion. Yeah, know, from that, but just being like completely excited, and I'm probably sometimes I'm on on the reverse side where I'll get more emotional yes. about something, and so to compensate that for not okay, I don't want to show. <laughs> Yeah, you know, getting and I've become better at that. But I mean, a lot of times now, I, I mean, I'll show my emotions and I don't care, you know, one way, you know, one way or the other. But I'm sure for a period of time, I, you know, so I overcompensate. So, okay, I'm gonna get emotional because what they just did for me or gave for me was, you know, awesome. But I'm also not, you know, jumping up and down and, you know, uh, saying, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm completely grateful for it mean for those acts of kindness that they that they show to, you know towards me or you know because i'm not one that also needs to have you know material you know all these material things that that bring me happiness or joy yeah those things are nice but it's not something that makes me 
you know, if they, you know, if they gave me a brand new car on, you know, yeah. on Christmas, seriously, <laughs> you know, and I, and I kind of go back to like, okay, what do you get dad for Christmas? Because that was always a thing growing up. You know, he has pretty much everything that he, you know, that he can want. And so we ended up, who knows, getting them. I mean, obviously what we got them for Christmas this last year will probably never be, you know, duplicated. And definitely there was, a, you know, emotion that was shown, you know, for that, you know, for that gift. Um, because we're all going to be all, you know, be together. together and, you know, and, and, but, but anyways, I think dad was kind of like that as well. And so I think that's kind of where we took that, that cue, but I don't, see, I don't remember any of us really getting overly excited or I think we're more annoyed. <laughs> I think, well, especially like with said, birthday, I mean, like for like example, the, so like the, you, for, and anything done for us on our birthday is for you. Anyone right. listening, yes. like you can do it for us and we're going right. to be like grateful, thankful, right. but like. Just so you know, for Skinners, it's just like, whatever. <laughs> Sounds good. And I, th- like I said, and that's probably, you know, and, and so I could probably do a better job of like that. Yeah. Like three years ago for my birthday, the girls and my mother-in-law got me, they got together and, you know, we all went to New York, you know, and that was awesome, you know, and, and, but we we're also at a restaurant. I'm like, okay, how am I? And I could feel get myself getting emotional. So I'm like, okay, so how do I, yeah. <laughs> and we're in a restaurant, so well, I'm not going to go, nothing you know, go more and hollering, you know. Unfortunately, that is our thing is to go, wait, our default is to cry, generally <laughs> speaking, when like our, like, so for example, I can count probably at least once a year, I have a good cry. Right. Uh, so I think that's healthy, good. Right. I recommend it for everybody, but that's really all, like, we don't get, like, we don't yell. Right. I don't know if that's like... I take that back. I, well, we yell. We do yell. We when do. things so, do not so work I, properly, what, we will right. yell. So I think that in I don't at know, our this GPS. Is, this is just yeah. This is this is just me speaking. I don't know how everybody else is, but so I'll let things build up. So I won't say anything, and then if something gets built up, you know, and you feel like you're at your brink or whatever, then that emotion, you know, will come out, and you're like, why did I just, you know, why did I just react, you yep. know, that way? I mean, there's probably a better way that you know I could have, you know, could have handled that situation. I think because sometimes we don't, we're not overly emotion, you know, overly emotional one way, you know, one way or the other. We internalize a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. And we like, and we keep a lot of things in. And so I find myself now, I don't know if it's because I've turned 50, just internalizing a lot more things and being more sentimental. I mean, I was watching a video the other night of Haley and her, when she was on her mission and just some her and her companion just singing a song, you know, in the car, and I'm like getting all emotional. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is you know? It's like three years ago, and she's, you know, but it was it brought me joy too, just to watch it because they looked like they were having having fun, and and uh, but then I shot the video to everybody that was, yeah, <laughs> hey, just thinking about this, you this, know, and I'm doing that. I'm yeah. like, man, I'm doing this like once a week. What's <laughs> going on? And this is old, since you turned fifty. Yeah, well, I'm, it's probably happened a little bit, before, you know, a little bit before then, but. I don't know. Like I said, it's also a different stage where now, you know, Haley's married and Leah's on her mission. And so now Whitney's left and in two years, you know, Whitney will be gone. And so, and they'll be starting their, you know, their lives. So I'm sure, Hey, we've, we've had these girls in our home for 18, 18 years. And now, you know, that, you know, that dynamic is changing. So I'm sure with age and things, and I think also as we get older, we just become, I mean, if you look at grandpa Skinner, you look at dad, I mean, they become more emotional as they've gotten older. Um, at least for my, you know, thoughts on why Um, I agree with with that. I can see that with with, dad. I know with grandpa Grandpa Skinner, I know that he, 
it also after he had a stroke, he seemed to he seemed to get a lot more emotional. So I don't know if there was something that was aligned, you know, with that. But definitely, you know, you know, definitely, you know, dad, I see a lot more, you know, getting emotional. Last over, fifteen you know, years, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, than it happened in the past, and I I think it's great. I mean, I think it's you know it's good, and I think we could probably all benefit from showing more emotion. Um, but you know, it is I try to, and I feel so like, cause I, I, well, I, very, I don't want to feel fake. Well, no, no, so no. I, cause I'm like, s- if I, if I, if I get overly excited, I'm like, Mike, it's coming off that I'm not, you know, that I don't actually appreciate what's, you know, just been done. And I think t- another thing for people who are, who are, this is the guide for skin, like how to deal with relationships with Skinners. Also just pay attention to how we use, like, for example, didn't get over emotionally. Katie got me a piano for my birthday this year. Didn't get super overly emotional like i also guessed that it was a piano and like it's just whatever but like just watch me tinkering away on that thing for hours on hours on hours like you just understand i do appreciate it like you just have to it's not the moment just watch how everything is executed after that and right. you know exactly how they feel about the thing now let's say for example with the piano i never touched it that means i'm very ungrateful for right. it but you can very simply see our gratitude in how we act. Um, and I feel like we've always been like that. We yeah. don't, with the exception of maybe me, because um, I just talk all the time, which to probably the detriment of a lot of relationships. But um, that's where it is. Like we do a lot more in the in the action thing than we do in the in the words game. So, right. which you know, there's pros and cons to both. But I I wish I could. Like there are some times where I'm just like, I wish I could just expressed to somebody the way that they want to receive it right well it's like our love languages yeah exactly so we, you know so everyone has their different you know time we're right. time exactly time um Is it we buy gift? gifts exactly. we buy gifts for yes. people yeah um what are the other i know for sure those ones we put in a lot of time and we buy a lot of gifts right and so when you're yeah and then we kind of just want those no, we don't, because I don't want gifts in return. Like that's not necessarily what yeah, I want. Yeah, and that. that's that's funny it's because weird. that's how I, you give I and receive. The same. Are two I, I I feel, I mean, not from a selfish standpoint, but I feel a lot better giving, you know, a gift or act of service, whatever you want to call it, than than when it's reciprocated, you know, to you know, to me. I mean, I'm grateful when things are you know done, you know, done for me or. You know, any types of service that are that are done for me, but I just get I, I don't know, I, I feel more joy and not it's I don't know. I feel more I feel a lot of joy when I'm helping others or doing something for others and without an expectation of something to come back in return. Yeah. Like I was yeah. my third I don't know if you listen, but my thirty turning thirty mm-hmm. podcast, like I recognize I do a lot of these things because it makes me feel good. Right. And that's all I want now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which, but, but like, it's kind of weird. Cause I'm like, like, am I doing this for me? Am I actually doing this for the other person? Sure. But like, why can't it be both? Like it can, right. why does it have to, why I, I, cause I'm always saying this, like it doesn't have to be all binary. Like there can be multiple reasons for everything. So man, it's like so tough, honestly. Cause, and like another reason that I want to do this is it's fascinating how similar we are mm-hmm. in a lot of things. And we associate with each other every now and then, like not right. super frequently. I mean, obviously, I live in Utah. You have a family. You live in California. So we might see each other like a couple times right. a year. Um, 
but just knowing that well because it's, it's kind of nice like just like full disclosure as i get older um i get like a lot of these frustrations where i'm just like all of these people that i have built up as heroes mm-hmm. and like as like the gods of my world right are so disappointed <laughs> because, but like, it's because it's unfair because I'm holding them up as like sure. the gods of my world. When in reality, they're just the humans of my world. Um, because like my twenties, man, like just like, Oh, so everyone isn't perfect. Right. Has been like the hardest realization. But what's been really nice with all of these realizations, like, well, actually I can talk to, I can talk to Monty, right. April, Matt, Sean, I don't know. Um, Ryan, Nick, Aaron, I know for a fact all of those people I can talk to about like problems I have going on in my life and they'll more than likely be able to help me because they've gone through similar Mm -hmm. types of emotions. Um, And then everyone has like their special stories and everything like that. Um, But it's really just built up because there was like probably like 27 where I'm just like family sucks, man. Family's stupid. Like why we're forced to like, like, like these people. But I'm starting to realize we have so much in common that it would be foolish of me to throw those relationships away because of how beneficial they can still be to me because whatever it is, we're very similar and we have a lot of those things. Yeah. And so I think it's so to that point, it's more than just DNA. You know, we have, we just because we're, we're blood and we have that and we grew up in a house. Well, I never grew up with you, but yeah, but and quite literally didn't. I mean, maybe for a couple, maybe for a couple months, before I moved down to Sacramento. But, but still, so even our relationship had to be forged after you know, 10, 15 years in the future because, you know, I come home and you're six months old. Yeah. So we're. I mean, obviously that relationship is not going to develop until later on. You know, later on in life because basically. It's like having a son. I mean, from that you know, age range, from that, yeah. from you know, from from that age range, and and so, and I think that's how it was with some of my, you know, with some of our other siblings too. Is just because of the age gap. I mean, even I mean, my, Ryan and myself are ten, you know, ten years, you know, and then everybody else is so after fourth child. Yeah, everybody else is is after that. So by the time I leave the house, I mean, okay, Ryan's you know ten. Then Nick's what eight and a half you know, seven and on down the line. Right. So it's like, you can only talk about transformers right. for so long. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and at that, you know, and like I said, you, when you're a teenager, you're, you know, you're not, you know, you're selfish and doing, doing things with your friends because you think your friends are the end all and that you'll be with them forever. And that's, you know, obviously as you get older, you realize, well, man, actually it's my family. Yeah. I still keep contact with, you know, some of my friends, but you think of those friends that you, did everything with for, you know, four years and, you know, let's say, in, you know, in high school or even some of my friends, you know, longer than that. And there's a few of them that I still keep in contact with. And there's others that I haven't, you know, talked to in decades, mm-hmm. you know. So then you're like, well, man, maybe this family thing, there is something, something to, to that and <laughs> to keeping and to keeping those, you know, that's important to me to try and keep those relationships, you know, going as, you know, as much as, as much as possible. Man, it totally, for me, it's, it's just varied by, uh, <laughs> proximity plays a huge role into it, like with the, the family things. But then there's also people who, and maybe this is my own fault, but I feel like there are just people who are kind of sequestering, whether it be by choice or by imposed on by somebody else. Um, they kind of get uh, distant for like whatever reason. Like I don't, I, once again, I don't want this to like come across 
negatively. That's not my intention for this, but like Sean and Becky, I, and maybe it's like, Alex, well, you need to like go out of your way to like kind of have a relationship with those people. Um, but like, just like, I don't, I don't even know where to begin, <laughs> like where, where to start. And then, and like, and then like the internal dialogue that goes on is like, and is it even worth it? Like they have so much probably going on in their lives. I go back to, there's nine of us. It's impossible to stay like really close or even close with that many people. Uh, I don't know many families who can do it. I think um, there's a lot of families who can fake it and look like they're super tight knit and things like that. But when you actually talk to them, they, they absolutely hate each other, which thankfully I can say for me, there's no one in my family that like, I absolutely am like, I, there are times, <laughs> um, there are, there's... I listen to your last podcast. So. <laughs> After rebuttal for that. No. <laughs> there are, well, no, like, but even then, like if we're talking siblings, like if we're talking right, just siblings, right. like there is not a single one, but even then there are, I won't say like if somebody is, so, so intoxicated in a certain way that they are becoming a negative impact on the situation. You know who you are. Um, <laughs> like that's what I like. Don't like them. Right. But besides that, like Sean and I will try to do better. But <laughs> <laughs> what's gonna be great? What's gonna be great is this is gonna be one of those ones. I did. A, I did a podcast with somebody. We talked about a given subject. They actually got called into their HR department for it because what the subject we were talking about. Technically, they shouldn't have been talking. Anyways, it's really... Actually, I don't think he works there anymore, so I could just say it. We were talking about a certain substance. Anyways, he wasn't supposed to be using it. It doesn't really matter. But it's going to be one of those situations where just randomly, the stake president from Sean's, <laughs> Sean's ward is going to somehow listen to this, and then he's going to get in trouble. I don't want that to happen. So, so Skinner, we have, we, the Skinners have a lot of sarcasm, too, and okay. being, I think, Sean and myself or the or the... I'm not sure about. Be- I mean, anyways, I, I know Sean. I know for a fact Sean and myself are still active in the church. So, yeah, it's so like that, so that's why I made that, and I, I threw myself in there. Too, the so church that's... has become the Willy Wonka's chocolate factory <laughs> for the Skinners. <laughs> We're just I think I'm the. I think I'm the. Uh, I'm the blueberry girl. If I was gonna, I'm the blueberry girl. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. Aaron would be the blueberry girl, and then I think I'd be the Western dude. Anyway, it's not not super important. Um, but no, like I have. But really no negative and I try my hardest like there are times where like people honestly like when it comes to siblings <laughs> really not that often like there are very few times like and like this is gonna sound terrible and I don't want this to come across because like, it's one of those things like well you just need to get over it but like that's why I, I now intentionally when I like I'm going to be hanging going home for any time yeah. just like all right si- siblings only is that cool is that cool with everybody because don't get me wrong there are like um, people that what, what is that word like in-laws that I really like too mm-hmm. but when you are including all of them it just no matter what something someone's gonna someone's gonna get upset so it's just as easier to to not which I wish it wasn't that way but that's just that's just life like there's nine of us once again nine of us if each one of us has a significant other 18 people what have 18 people ever agreed on everything like right. I, I totally understand that it's it's normal I was, it's normal I was talking to one of my friends Last week, there I hadn't talked to him since we'd been back from Hawaii, and they're just asking me about about the trip to Hawaii. I'm like, well, anytime you have eight, I don't care who you are, eighteen people going anywhere, there's always going to be a mix of opinions and thoughts, yes. and that's just traveling. And you know, that's just even if you're just with five people, 
that happens, you yeah. know, just in our immediate family. Well, I want to go here to eat. I want to go, you know, so now you have 18. And so it just compounds and, and comp, you know, can complicate things from, but I, I think from a standpoint of getting, you know, you know, obviously we're separated by distance. I mean, some of the long, you know, longer distance and obviously we can, you know, with technology, we can communicate a lot easier frequently than we could, you know, 20 years ago or so. Um, and for not, you know, it's not going to cost me long distance to call Aaron or Sean or, you know, anything like that. But I was talking to Aaron, you know, Aaron the other day who I've gotten, you know, I think, you know, closer to, and he lives in Idaho, you know, and, and, and I don't, am I, you know, won't because you become in your own, whether you live five miles away or 200 miles away, you become your own bubble within your immediate family, you know? So even just having Whitney at home, we're going in, 10 different directions. I travel quite a bit, you know, you know, from work. And so when I'm home, home on the weekends, I'm usually just home, you know, on the weekends because I've been out all week. And so I don't want to venture, you know, you know, here or there, unless it's, you know, pre-planned. So even, you know, Ryan and Nick, who I, you know, would do stuff, you know, on a more frequent basis, maybe 10 years, you know, 10 years ago or something, even like pre-kids, pre-kids, you know, and now, you know, Nick has obviously has kids and, and, um, so, it's it's funny because I'm like, well, man, I see your your talk to sometimes, you know, you or Aaron more than I talk to, you know, Ryan, you know, or Nick or you know, or April or Matt now that's at home. So I think even if your proximity close, that doesn't necessarily mean that that would you know necessarily change that would it, be yeah. forged or, or change anything from that standpoint. Yeah, it's really weird because like, and I know and I notice it when I go home. I, I <laughs> sorry, mom and dad, when I'm at home, I'm barely. I bear like don't get me wrong. I see them a lot more than I normally would in like a given week, but like I'm still like, oh, Matt Ryan's <laughs> at Ryan. At Ryan's are like, oh, I'm going and hanging out with uh, friends that are in town or whatever right. it is, and they're just a hundred feet away, right. if that. So, <laughs> so true. Um, so just like of the last part, I, I think this is super important too. Um, like just thanks. Uh, I think it's very. Even though, once again, like this isn't supposed to come across negative, like even though like there's been this reflection that I've had in my 20s to my 30s of like not deifying people as much um, as I used to, I'm still very cognizant, aware, and grateful for um, all of the different examples set by every single member mm-hmm. of my family. Like what's nice about being the youngest is I get to kind of be a little bit of an am- amalgam of every single person. Sure. Um, because all I know that's that's my entire life like you know a life when Alex didn't exist you know right. a life when April didn't exist you know a life well probably don't know because you're two, but, two but you know what I mean I know, uh, she, I, know, <laughs> I know she missed my birthday that day <laughs> but um, it's just um, I'm very thankful for the family that I do have because once again I think we're despite all of in spite in spite of all of our flaws like we're still really really good people and I know that I wouldn't be the level that I am wherever you want to put me on the goodness level, if it weren't for everyone, particularly right. looking at like the, what's that word? Not charity, but that's the only word I can think, think of. Like the charity of every single member of my family has been so super helpful. Um, it doesn't always get passed on to people that you might know or things like that, but very, it's going to people. Like it might not be to your kids. It might not be to April's kids. It might not be to whoever, whoever, but 
that there's a very real pay it forward that I have from all of the sacrifices that people have made for me. And like when they've gone out of my way, like looking back on it, I cannot believe that you would have taken me to the sports place as frequently as you did. It might not have been that many times and it just seemed like a lot because I was a little kid, but like, I don't even understand how you like, all right, yep, yes, the six-year-old wants to come and watch me play, and then we'll take him to the Orangevale house, <laughs> and we'll keep him over for the night, and then I have to take him back the next day. Like, I can't even, but you did it. Um, same with April, same with Matt, really, and then obviously I'm closer in age with everybody else, but uh, I'm trying to do the best I can uh, from that example, so yeah. thanks a ton for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. And uh, the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen. Don't waste your time commenting. And from the looks of it, nobody ever really spent any time commenting. Do subscribe so that you can always get the new pieces as they come in. That's really all that I have because there's nothing else to say. Keep being better and looking forward to chatting with you next time. to like fight people I knew. Right. You're I was just like, like no, I know this is Chris Stonebreaker. Right. He's Sean's friend from high school. Right. Him and I are just talking right now. Right. That's all that's happening. Yeah. Man. It's um it's so weird how similar we all are. <laughs> I know. It's really weird. <laughs>